right, let's start again. Sugar baby Lilisha. So she was essentially arrested twice. And I had said I wanted to get her book and read her book, but it was very hard to find her book because essentially her book is illegal. It's one of the reasons she's been arrested was producing this book. There is a YouTube channel called Japanalysis. Japan plus analysis put together. It's very, very good. And he, so this is it. Ninja News Japan is week to week. So often as things are developing, I can talk about them, but I don't get the conclusion because I've moved on. Uh, Japanalysis is a very, very good channel on YouTube where the guy talks about the whole topic. So it'll have to finish first. It might mean you have to wait till the topic is finished months and months and months later. But he went in through the arrests and the story, and uh, he actually came up and must have read the book or found the book or found something about the book because he actually came up with Ririchan's system. So I just want to get that out there because I was interested in how is this so successful because... I mean, I wouldn't have given her that much money, but then it turns out that I'm not the target. So the very first part of her system is choosing the right target. And she said, choose men essentially who have no life, which makes a lot of sense. She said, choose a man who has no family, who just works, who has no hobbies. I have a lot of hobbies. I have a very rich outside life. So I am not going to succumb to Riri Chan's charms very easily. Whereas if your life is relatively empty, and that's what she's saying, is find a guy who has a very empty life, and then you can fill up that life with hope and then strip him down and take all his money. So the right target was important. No life, no family, no hobbies. You text him every day. So this is, again, if you've chosen the right person, they've had no life outside of work, you are now the most exciting, most interesting aspect of his life. And he wants to keep that going as much as possible. You have to send him a text message every morning and every evening. So you want to say, good morning, I just woke up. I hope you have a great day and good night. Texting you is the best part of my day. Text back and forth, just keep that going. And she said for months, because you want to build that relationship and make him essentially fall in love with you. Step two is stop sending him messages for two weeks. And then he will start to panic. He'll start to like panic, like, are you okay? Are you hurt? Are you in trouble? And then you just give him very cryptic messages back. I'm in trouble. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. And then he wants to white knight you. This is actually what she was going for, is to find a man who's desperate enough to want to save someone else and feel like a hero. And I get this so manipulative. I mean, that is what scamming all, is all about, is manipulating people. But it's it's really, really rough. Then you want to give him some vague... So he's going to push you for information. How are you in trouble? What's going on? And then you give him some vague information. You go like, uh, you know, I had trouble with money you don't say what the actual trouble is and then he'll push you and be like if he offers you a solution can't you get money from your parents like i'm too embarrassed i'm too shy i can't do this Uh, i'm panicking i don't know what to do then he will ask probably how much do you need you say you know three hundred thousand yen six hundred thousand yen a million yen something like that he will offer you the money and you have to refuse then he'll offer again and again and again because he wants to save you. He is at this point in love with you as a person and you accept his offer and then you, you know, oh, you've saved my life. You've saved me from getting pushed into prostitution. You've saved me from uh, being beat up by the Yakuza or something. You've saved me from some vague threat that doesn't exist in the first place. Then, repeat, you're basically manipulating him so that he will 
sacrifice himself for you. But because, again, you've chosen someone who you've now become the most important thing in his life, he doesn't want to lose that. So it's pretty effective. That's actually the saddest part. I have to say, like, as far as a system goes, choosing your target, how to play the target, how to keep it going for as long as humanly possible, she did a pretty good job. Unfortunately, it was some of the other girls who followed her system who didn't follow the system correctly. And this is, to me, the most interesting part. One of the other people who used her system, instead of like uh, saying thank you and then keeping the system going, uh, would say, get the money and then go like, oh, I've been kidnapped and then just stop. So that if you say something as dramatic as that, the guy's going to go to the police. He goes to the police and then maybe he realizes he's been scammed or the police are like, no, she hasn't been kidnapped. But that's when it became obvious there's a system at play. So we have to then disavow people of that. You've been scammed. Let's go try to get your money back or let's get this, this person arrested. And those women, when they're like, how did you do this, figure out the system? They immediately wanted to shift blame to Riri Shan. So I bought this book online and I followed her system. That's where all the trouble came from. So that's the system. It sounds like the best way to defend yourself is to get a hobby. Don't be a victim by being so lonely which is a pretty tough thing to say in modern society, if I'm being really honest. Uh, that could be really tough. And I don't want to shame the people who've fallen for this because all they did was have hope. And that is the saddest thing to try to take away from them. So uh, no jokes there. The government, so if you remember for the Didi Chan story from a couple weeks ago, she got arrested and she actually took down some hosts with her because the hosts were actually getting the money. She would steal money from these guys, go to host clubs and then use that money for the hosts. The hosts knew it was coming from a shady source, which meant they should have actually been refusing the money. Uh, but they weren't, they were taking it. And then one even like sent a message like, Oh, if Didi Chan goes down, I'm going down with her. Ha ha ha. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what happened. But this actually spurred the governments to taking steps to pay more attention to host club business practices uh, because they have been exploiting young women, creating debt, and it causes trouble. It's interesting because this is the flip side. You had Didi Chan exploiting these men, and then they go and say, yeah, the problem is also she's giving her money to these host club guys who are also exploiting women, technically probably exploiting Didi Chan. Because the sum total of money she had collected was over a million dollars. If she had been sensible, just put that money away. I know she's not paying taxes on it or anything. But if she had put that money away, she could have lived a very comfortable life for the rest of her life and not done any work ever again. But instead, she was giving her money over to these hosts who were just keeping the money. I don't know what was going on there. But realistically speaking, they were exploiting Riri Chan who was exploiting these lonely men. It was a, a, a very parasitic system in place. So what we found out, though, is the hosts... So the host club is not responsible for what the hosts do. They're essentially independent contractors working in the host club. This independent contractor thing has come up a couple times over the last couple of weeks because I was introduced to it via the anime system where uh, these very low-paid anime artists... Uh, have to go independent and they're going to have to pay their own taxes and file taxes and it takes up all this time and they're actually going to get paid less overall. Last week, there's an English teaching company called GABA that they released a statement that if you uh, miss a class, 
like you have to cancel an English class. You, the teacher, have to pay 6,000 yen. Now, you might have five, six classes a day. So if you miss a day, that could be essentially in total, you could end up owing the company money for missing a couple of days of work, which seems illegal, but it's because they're not teachers, they're not employees, they're independent contractors. So these, this gig work in the independent contractor system in Japan seems to have gotten way, way worse. I think the intent was for the government to force companies into hiring people as full-time employees, whereas now they're looking at loopholes and way to exploit independent workers who are just, I mean, that company looks like it's about to fall apart if I'm being really honest. Host clubs have worked this way independently fine because they're there to exploit people. That's clearly the whole purpose of the host club system. But the individual hosts are responsible for the women's spending. When a woman goes into a host club and spends money, the host will collect the money. So if they say, like, we're going to take it on as a debt, that's when they start forcing women to go into... Also, that is terrible. Yes. I mean, when we do Ninja News Japan, we do a lot of terrible stories. It's all about exploitation and terrible stuff because, let's face it, that's entertainment. But if we're going to be honest, if you know about these kind of things, if you know about these scams, you won't, you're less likely to fall for them. So I'm not saying I'm doing a public service because I am doing this primarily for entertainment. But I, five, six years ago, I got some of my cryptocurrency scammed because I fell into like a Ponzi scheme kind of thing. So I lost a little bit of money. It wasn't obviously like life ruining for me. But if I'd known about the scam or if I'd known more about the things, I wouldn't have fallen for the scam. So that's my actual hope because I put out an episode of an old podcast about that scam, hoping that if anyone else heard the same thing, they wouldn't get scammed. Uh, this Riri-chan scam, the sugar baby scam, if you know about it, you're less likely to follow about it. If a woman goes to a host club and you know they're purposely trying to manipulate you to spend too much money to go into debt, you're less likely to fall for it. Like, I think host clubs and hostess clubs are fine. If you want to go and pay for an evening to have someone talk to you. Oh, no, not the host clubs. Well, it's not the host clubs themselves. It's the hosts. So this is what I'm, what I'm talking about, the independent contractor thing. Uh, that separates the business from the independent contractor. The independent contractor is the one who's going to try to abuse you to get to you to spend as much money as humanly possible. Uh, they probably pay a fee to the host club to work there. Uh, so they probably, I don't like, they're not getting a salary or anything. So the more they abuse you for money, the more they can make. And that's a big deal because it puts them in a position where if they can force you into debt, they'll do it. And then how do you pay off that debt? The next step is to some sort of sex work. They force you into prostitution or doing pornography or something like that. That is not the end goal, but their hope is that they can then make money off you as a passive income. So you need to pay off this debt. You need to do this stuff. You need to make up for it. Uh, and I'm going to get, I have contacts in the underworld in shady sex practices that I can get you to do and I'll make money off that as well. Yeah, host clubs are gross. Uh, if you come to Japan, again, if you know what you're in for, you could control your spending and know what you're in for. That's, if you understand that system, you'd be fine. On top of the overpriced alcohol. Uh, yes. I mean, that is, again, where they make their money. So they're trying to get you to buy the 50,000 yen bottle of champagne, champagne service, and then like, oh, yeah, let's buy it for everybody in the club. So that's like six, seven bottles. And now you're like a million yen in debt for that one evening. I mean, just going out, alcohol is expensive. I've now gotten to the point in my life where it's like, hey, do you want to go out for drinks? I'd be like, I'd rather buy a bottle of alcohol and stay home 
if I, if we're going to drink, we should do it at home. And we could even do it like online. We'll just drink together online, <laughs> which is, I mean, that's the new parasocial relationships that people have. Uh, most of my close friends are now internet friends that I don't see very often in, perp- in person. But realistically speaking, we talk all the time. Drinking out sounds scary in Japan. It's not, if I'm being really, really honest. Most of the time, you're going to go to a regular izakaya. Host clubs, I would say yes. Host clubs would be scary. Hostess clubs would be scary. I've never gone into one because I've never felt like I need to pay someone to talk to me. That's the issue that we're actually talking about, where if you pay someone to talk to you, they're going to be into you, and then you get that sort of positive dopamine feeling while you're drinking. I've never needed that because I know how to talk to people. I have the ability to have conversations. When I first came to Japan, I'd go to Izakaya, which is just like a normal place where you have food and drinks. Um, you have to pay for their drink too, yes, yes. You have to pay for all, everything. And I bet they're not even drinking. There is a very common trick where what they do is they get you drunk. So like, oh, I'll have a gin and tonic and it just it's just water. So they're not drinking as much as you are to get you drunker so that you'll spend more money and you know less inhibitions and whatnot. Uh, it's all scam. Again, and I think if you know it's a scam, you could go, even go in and enjoy that experience uh, safely. But you'd also know that they're cheating you, they're lying to you. If you know all that, it's fine. Again, I just think the, the awareness is the issue more than anything else. NHK, I have a very sour relationship with NHK, and it's because I don't believe they provide a service. This is the government-run broadcasting system in Japan. And very technically, if you have a television or anything that can receive a signal, like a TV signal, you're supposed to pay these guys money. But I've always felt their programming is crap, so I've never entered into that contract. Now, legally speaking, if you don't enter into the contract, they can't make you pay. But there is also this like loop round around where it's like if you have something that should, that can receive a signal, you should enter into that contract and then pay if you're a good citizen. But if you don't make that contract... There is no punishment. Well, they've been trying to change that for years. And they get into harassment tactics. They, like, show up at your house all the time. Okay, so, Ro said, yes, is it mandatory? Very technically, yes, but there's no punishment for not entering into the contract. The problem is if they can prove that you have a device that receives the signal, they can force you into the contract. Now, lots of people will not pay for NHK. One of the old scandals was they found out that the sort of top-level executives at NHK were spending the money on parties and stuff. And they're like, why am I paying money so that this guy can go to a party or, ha- or hold a party? And then, you know, misuse of funds was a pretty common problem. My actual complaint is you're saying you want me to pay, let's say, 2,000 yen a month every month for television that I do not watch. I would rather have the option that I don't get to see NHK. But because it's not paying for NHK. It's paying for the receiver signal. It's kind of like what they do in England. If your TV can receive the BBC, you have to pay the BBC. They've created a new system this year. I didn't get a lot of details about that, which is too bad. But after multiple calls and notices in writing and visits to your house, uh, they will sue you. So they're right now suing three households, which isn't very many, but what they're trying to do is set a precedent that that is possible. Going forward, we will continue to do what is necessary toward achieving further contributions. Oh, fair contributions. Sorry, I wrote fair incorrectly. That's where I was getting confused. Now, they're saying fair contributions, but I think opting out is fair. 
And that's the bit they're sort of missing. They're saying everyone has to pay to keep NHK afloat. I do hope they fail with their well, case. Well, I don't think they will fail with their case. Because if they can prove that the person has a TV that can receive the signal, then the person, technically mandatory, has to join. I want to find a way, because I have two monitors I'm looking at right now. My smartphone, uh, my wife has a smartphone, we have a TV downstairs. We actually have like multiple devices that technically can receive the NHK. I've just never entered into the contract. But if they came after me like this, yeah, I'd have to pay for a thing I don't want. And that's the bit I don't like. Being forced to pay for something I actually never wanted in the first place. An SDF, so the Self-Defense Force, this is the Japanese military. Uh, suspended an exercise after a member flipped off the media. So they'd had an incident where uh, a guy kind of lost it on the sh- on the shooting range and actually shot his teacher. Um, gun violence being very unusual in Japan. This was a massive story. But this is the next day, so the media is all outside the shooting range. And so this guy, he's like on the truck on the way and he just flips from the bird. And then, that's not me flipping you the bird to the audience. I'm just demonstrating what flipping the bird looks like. Just so you, if you don't know what it means, now you know what, what I mean when I say flip the bird. Anyways, so he's just like, I don't want this media attention. I don't think this is, you know, cool. He flips them off. Um, then he goes to the shooting range, does obviously his drills or his exercises. And then when he's leaving, he flipped them off again. Which is uh, kind of, I actually find that the funny part. So then they bring him in. This is now televised. They, the, his like um, CEO or whatever brings him into a room and like shows him the video and goes, did you flip him off? And he goes, yeah, I, he admitted to doing it, which I actually thought was really funny because it would have been amazing if he had denied. Like, no, that wasn't me. I didn't flip him off. That's a deep fake, which we're going to be talking about later. So on the other side of the exact same coin, there was a 97-year-old man who hit a truck and then people called the police. And the police arrive and they're like, hey, you know, pull over, get out of the car. What the old man does is he accelerates and he hits a building. And then the police go up to the window and like, hey, you know, you've hit a truck, you've now hit a building, get out of the car. And then what does he say to them? He goes, I wasn't driving a car. I, just, I love it. I love, I love that you can literally be sitting in a car that has just hit a truck in a building, look a police officer dead in the face and go, I didn't do it. That takes just balls. I wouldn't have the balls to do that. Um, but I guess in 97, maybe he just forgot. Uh, I do now, Japan being an aging society, I do have lots of opinions on older people. I actually now think like there should be an upper limit for how long, like you should, certain age, you should get your license revoked or have to pass a test every year or something. I know that my skills at driving have already dropped and I'm not even that old yet. I think he thinks he can get away with it. I absolutely agree. He thinks he can get away with it if he just does denial, denial, denial. But too many people saw him and I bet there were cameras that saw the thing as well. Basically, the rest of the show is AI and YouTube. Police arrest a man in his 20s for posting lewd images of a track and field athlete. So you'd be like, wow, this guy got this track and field athlete to take off her clothes. He took pictures and they posted online. That's, you know, uh, revenge porn, maybe, which is illegal in Japan. That's actually not what he did. How did he get the image? He took pictures of the athlete and then had AI replace her top with just bare breasts. What do you actually get in trouble for? Because he didn't take pictures of this woman illegally actually they did they did have a story like a year ago or something where they wanted to get you know basically 
track and field events, they seem to attract a lot of like gross dudes who take pictures. So I think what they want to do was stop photography at uh, sporting events. That seemed like it was like a thing that was going through. So this guy still managed to get some pictures of some athletes. He ran them through the computer uh, and then he posted them online. He's being held on defamation charges. So that's an interesting thing. It's not like illegal photography or... Yeah, I guess defamation would be it. So you're disparaging the image of this person by posting what seems to be uh, nude photos, perhaps sexual things that the person has not agreed to, has not done. So yeah, you're defaming them as a person. Uh, There is a possibility. They haven't proven it yet, but of course, I think it's already true. He's posted 100 images of up to 70 different individuals. And I noticed when I get AI ads... This has been happening so much in the West. It's, it's happening everywhere. Any country that has access to computers, this kind of stuff's happening. It's just happening everywhere. Yeah, and like I said, that's the, the rest of the show today, is just all these kind of stories. The Prime Minister, last week a deep fake came out of the Prime Minister, and they had changed his mouth and uh, had an AI do his voice. So this guy had an AI learn the Prime Minister's voice, then he could type in what he wanted him to say. And then he had another AI deep fake his face so that his mouth moved with the uh, words. And he had the prime minister tell some dirty jokes. This, of course, went newsworthy because they're like, oh, look at how dangerous AI is. Look at how dangerous deep fake is. We're not going to be able to trust anything anymore. It is a very serious question. The thing is, the guy said this only took him an hour to make it. So to have the prime minister change his face, make him say some dirty things, have the AI replicate his voice took about an hour in total, which that is the scary part because the one they're talking about, the video they're talking about is pretty obviously fake, but that's because the guy didn't put that much effort into it. He only was like playing around with these programs for an hour. He said it was just a joke. I didn't think it would cause such a stir, but it actually brought a lot of media attention to AI and deep fakes. And now that the and the prime minister has to like actually come out and say like no I didn't say those dirty jokes, the prime minister we have right now Kashida is quite boring. He wouldn't have said those jokes anyways. If he did, I'd actually be way more interested in him as a person. <laughs> but realistically speaking, he didn't make those jokes, and he actually had to come out and deny it. And then they had to like prove that it was deep fake. If you watch the video, uh, it's pretty clearly not real. But two three hours of work that would change everything all all in one moment. It might actually look really good. A 25-year-old YouTuber was arrested for defamation. Defamation has come up a couple times. It seems like with these AI programs and posting things online, defamation is the charge you're going to get in Japan. Uh, That's Rose made a good point. Old people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yes, because they're not going to be paying that much attention. They don't realize that AI is capable of doing these things they don't realize that maybe ai can copy a voice um it would be really easy for ai to copy my voice because all they'd have to do is grab i think we're at like 280 episodes of ninja news japan i got c mcbee probably there's like 80 episodes of that i got montana el diablo there's like 160 episodes of that plug all that into an ai they'd be able to replicate like my voice my cadence my the 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 word choices i make easily because there's just so much data for the AI to use. So it'd be really easy to do that. Deep faking my face, because I got this stupid beard, uh, I guess that actually, I don't know if that would make it harder or easier. But I bet, because the beard obscures part of my face, it would actually be easier overall. Not that I'm worried about it. No one's going to come after me anytime soon. 
Anyways, this 25-year-old YouTuber was arrested for defamation. He claimed a 15-year-old girl and a 21-year-old male were plotting to kill him. The father of these two youths saw this online and went to the police and said, like, dude, he's just out there saying that my kids are going to plan to kill him. There's got to be something we can do about that. The YouTuber was arrested, and he said... He did not deny that the plot or that he had made it, but he said, I did not intend to defame anyone, which I think is probably not true. I think if you're going around saying, these people want to murder me, you are defaming their character. And this is the interesting thing, all this internet stuff, there's no laws in place that are internet specific. And this is a big problem that's going to be in all the countries all around the world as this becomes more and more common as issues. What is the actual charge we're going to make. I think we're going to have to come up with some new laws and some new, some new terminology for... Defamation's fine, because it's, it's lying on the internet, but what punishments go along with defamation would be the interesting part of what's coming up next. Because that's going to be the next thing, is as countries decide what is the punishment for defaming people on the internet, what is the punishment for deep faking someone's face without their permission, what is the punishment for making it look like a girl is in a pornography when she actually isn't? These are all different levels of defamation, which are very, very interesting to me. Should it be the same like libel, libel or slander? I mean, those are all fall under the defamation umbrella. So I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking like deep faking needs its own law. Like manipulating someone's face to make it look like they did something is a step above defamation. That's not just slander. You're trying to recreate, you're trying to create a lie. You're trying to, it's, it's a form of fraud. So maybe it's a internet fraud scheme of some sort like that. I'm just I was saying like, we're going to need some new laws in place that take into account what you can do on the internet. So if someone came out with a fake episode in Ninja News Japan where I just said like racist stuff the whole time, that's defaming my character, but also you're manipulating the viewer. You're manipulating uh, my face without my permission. So all of those need to be taken into account in some way. So that's why I'm saying I think there should be some new laws in place. But last story of the day. I think nothing will happen until a very high-profile popular person gets deep-faked. But I think that's actually the, the, the two stories ago the guy deep faked the prime minister because of course it's going to be easy to grab video of the prime minister. So the more that happens, the more likely you are to get laws. I, I think again, like, like I said, no one's coming after me anytime soon. I mean, deep faked well enough, but yeah, also my point, uh, if you'd put, instead of just doing it for an hour, sort of clearly the kid was just messing around. Uh, but if you put in like a week's worth of work, it would look perfect. If, he, if that, this kid was capable of doing one simply in an hour, imagine if you put like a week's worth of work to make it like really, really perfect. It would be convincing to me as, a, as someone who doesn't actually like have a deep, deep understanding of AI and stuff. But this is something I didn't know about. There's, there's a, a whole subsection of YouTube in Japan called the Citizens Arrest YouTuber. Um, there was one story, I didn't really get into it because there wasn't much about it. There was like this train otaku nerd guy taking pictures of trains and then this girl came up and started accusing him of being problematic because he had a camera and he actually was like i am just going to stand where the security can camera can see me so that uh there is video evidence that i haven't you know interfered with anyone but the kid was inspired by a citizen's arrest youtuber which apparently is a whole thing in japan i didn't know about 
A citizen's arrest YouTuber has had his account banned for harassment. Uh, the ban is permanent. And so this guy actually had quite a big audience. He's losing 1.5 to 2 million yen a month. To make that very clear, the average annual salary in Japan is 4 million yen. So this guy was making a year's worth of salary in two or three months every month from his YouTube channel. That hurts me a little bit if I'm being honest. Uh, he then said, okay, uh, you've banned my channel. He started complaining about that. It's permanent. I can't get my channel back. It's really unfair. YouTube's unfair. Everything's unfair. Uh, so he said, I'm going to join a YouTube group called Kento, or Kenzo. Uh, the leader of Kenzo then turned around really quickly and went, nah, you're not. And he made him delete the, the post on, on Twitter. So now the guy says, I'm going to try to get a job as a host. Because again, he's clearly tapped into the manipulative aspect of society. He's like, I can abuse people and video it. And then people will watch my YouTube videos and I'll make money. He's like, well, what's the next step down from that? I'll be a host. Started out at the beginning of the episode talking about how manipulative hosts are. He said, look, I am the least liked YouTuber in Japan, club owners, please get into contact with me. I will continue my influencing practices and that will bring people into your club. I did like that he didn't feel like he should reach out to the clubs. He actually thought like, ah, I'll just sit here and the clubs will come to me. I'll just have to mention that I'm open to this. Whereas I actually don't think clubs want that kind of attention from that kind of person because they're already in trouble with these other laws being put into place. Then, very haughty. Yeah. He, this is another one of those guys who seems to think like because he's been successful on YouTube, he deserves stuff. He doesn't actually. He shouldn't actually have to work for it. Then this was just this morning. So the same guy took a video of a girl near the Imperial Theater and then called her a scalper. Said she was reselling tickets. The problem is Western people, uh, Canada and America. If you're in a public space, it is okay to film other people. In Japan, it's actually not. If I videoed in public and I posted online, if I haven't gotten permission from those people, I should actually blur out their faces. The privacy laws in Japan are much stricter than they are in North America. So he took a video of this girl. He accused her of being a scalper. He had no proof of it. So not he's broken privacy laws and he didn't blur out her face. So he... Oh, and then he accused her of being a scalper, so that's also defamation. So defamation's coming into it again. Uh, he posted the video online without blurring her face, without being able to prove the accusation of being a scalper. He was arrested for defamation this morning. So this guy who's like, hey, host club places, come hang out with me and give me money or give me a situation where I can make money, got arrested the next day for doing the thing he was already doing. 